Hi, welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. I'm so glad you're here because today I'm going to introduce you to one of my dear friends, Melissa Sass. I grew up with her husband, Ben, and when they moved back to Nebraska, she and I quickly connected over a weekly date to Walmart and Scooter's Coffee, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But she has been such a good friend to me. She loves and she pours into our kids, and she teaches me so much about living in community with one another, warts and all. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired in your own fight for joy as you listen to her story and her always helpful and wise words. Hi, Melissa. Hello, Jody. Thanks for doing this with me. Absolutely. Um, you've been such an encouragement to me as I've gotten this podcast started, and um, you're one of my biggest cheerleaders in my fight for joy and such a help for me as I do fight for joy. Um, our friendship is one of the biggest sources of joy for me in this broken world. So I'm excited to introduce the podcast world to you. Um, do you want to start by just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a southerner. I grew up in Alabama. And um, then my husband decided that he could not raise his kids anywhere else than Fremont, Nebraska. So I had to learn to um, handle this chilly weather and um, get to know a new place, which has been a joy. And um, we have three kids and live a little bit out in the country, which is really nice to be able to let your kids go out and call them in for dinner. And um, let's see, we homeschool. And that's about it. Great. Well, there's two main things that I'm kind of hoping we can talk about today. The first one is why the fight for joy is personal for you and the practical ways that you engage in this fight. And then secondly, just um, what walking so closely with our family through our grief has taught you and how you can encourage others um, to share in the sufferings of those around them, even though it is costly and hard. Um, So those are kind of the two things. So um, let's start with the first one, which is just... Um, your personal fight for joy and um, almost 11 years ago is that right will it be 11 Mm -hmm. years in January Um, you had an event happen that um, really changed your life and your perspective and caused you to have to begin fighting for joys for joy in some more intense ways so um, will you just share a little bit of what happened that day sure so in January of 2007 um, I had taken my kids to an event and was struggling with a headache that day, which was kind of unusual for me, mm-hmm. and um, ended up having an aneurysm in my neck that caused three strokes. So um, from that day forward, I um, had blindness caused from those strokes and a fatigue, and having two little kids at the time, this was a whole new mm-hmm. event in mm-hmm. life. So um mm-hmm. That entered in, and we um, were trying to figure out what life looked like after that. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the effects um, with your vision was um, it affected you being able to drive. And um, when you moved back to Nebraska, like you said, with your kids and them being so little, um, I remember reaching out to you because um, Ben's family were um, friends of my family and asking you just if there was a practical way that I could help you on a regular basis. And 
you um, suggested a weekly trip to Walmart to get your groceries. So glamorous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that you would give me a latte every week as well to even (laughs) top it off. We'd buy that on the way home. But what I love about our story of friendship is just that, that it wasn't anything special um, or even planned out, but just it grew through us serving and caring for one another in practical ways through brokenness. Um, And I I really want to encourage everyone as listeners, too, that if you are lonely, which is so common anymore, um, and desiring deeper friendships um, to find somebody to serve, I I think that um, thinking outside of the box and looking for people that um, you can minister to and help, um, as we found out, it can be the beginning of a really beautiful friendship. And I was so grateful for that. And I think that's one of the things that um, I learned about serving in friendship is a lot of times we want to do things that we think other people need or mm-hmm. that we want to do for them. And you really looked at my life and said, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And we're willing, I mean, I needed Walmart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so just that drive every week meant a lot for me that you mm-hmm. would take that time. And we could be honest with each other. Some weeks you would say, Hey, I've got to do this for my kids. And so yeah. Um, yeah. also protecting yourself and your time, I mm-hmm. think is important. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that, like you said, that started our friendship and was very valuable to me. Yeah. So thank you. Well, yeah. Well, and so with these limitations, with, um, these strokes and with just kind of your life taking on a different, um, look than what you had planned or wanted, um, where did you find, um, that affecting your joy? Um, and how did you begin to fight for joy um, then when it initially happened in the years following, but even now, years and years later? When I was, when the stroke first happened, I was in the hospital for about three weeks and then a rehabilitation hospital for about six weeks after that. And I had always been a fairly upbeat, joyful person. Um, but when you have a stroke and you're in a situation where your brain is affected, I honestly, just waking up every day became a difficult task. Mm -hmm. And um, I shared a hospital room with a woman who had her arms and legs amputated because of a blood disease. I remember you telling me that. And she would cry out in the night in pain Mm -hmm. and fear that she had. And so there were so many things going on just in my own brain. And then being Mm -hmm. with her and seeing her suffering and pain, it became a very... um, lonely and scary Mm. time for me and gratefully I had a Mm -hmm. very supportive family but just you can kind of go into yourself in a really scary way during Mm -hmm. those um, situations and so I remember feeling so desperate and recognizing my great need Mm. for God to help me and um, so when you say how do you fight for joy during those things just recognizing that the world was not going to give me very much joy then. Nothing mm-hmm. felt good mm-hmm. physically or emotionally. Mm-hmm. I mean, thankfully, again, for my family being committed to me, but just um, mm-hmm. so much fear during that time. So the recognition that I mm-hmm. was not self-sufficient was a pretty big starting point in recognizing that Christ is the fullness of our joy and that we mm-hmm. must depend on him. The world is not going to satisfy us. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a starting point. Yeah. And that, so how do you feel like, um, how do you feel like you've changed, um, over these last 11 years, um, in regards to how you seek joy, how you view joy, how you encourage other people, how you walk alongside of other, other people 
um, how have how has your life changed and um, how does it look different because of what you've walked through? Well, to go back, sorry to be repetitive, but just I think recognizing now that I can't seek after joy in this world. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not going to satisfy. And people talk about being happy and things mm-hmm. like that. For me, and it might just be being a glasses half empty kind of person, but one of the things I've realized is that, and one of my favorite um, pieces of art is um, a picture by Benjamin West of um, Adam and Eve being expelled from the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. And that is such a reminder to me every day that this world is broken and we have been kicked out of the place that we were created for. We were meant to be with God in fellowship and we've been separated from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even though we've been gratefully brought back into a relationship with Christ, we're still walking in this world where we can't see him fully and where mm-hmm. we're veiled from the true beauty of who he is. And so, um, just knowing that every day is actually a relief though. That sounds really depressing, but mm-hmm. it's, just, I get it. yeah, no, it's, it's just a reminder every single day that pretty much most things are going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's mm-hmm. a, kind of Murphy's law, mm-hmm. whether it's with the car, with the kids, with mm-hmm. just the schedule, things are going to be difficult in mm-hmm. this world. And, um, Christ mm-hmm. is only going to fulfill us. And this past Sunday in church, we sang a song. So music is a big mm-hmm. part of my life now. Just, I feel mm-hmm. like I have to be constantly renewing my mind. Mm-hmm. So very dependent on scripture mm-hmm. and music to um, find joy in this mm-hmm. world. And um, the song was, um, let us love and sing in wonder. And there are some amazing lines in there of um, Christ having crushed the law's loud thunder. Mm-hmm. I mean, the law is constantly thundering at us. We're not doing it. We're never really fulfilling it. And even if we can fulfill it outwardly, our hearts are far from it. So we're always failing. And so it's just yelling at us constantly. And Christ just hushed that. Mm -hmm. He has crushed that um, yelling at us. And so that Mm -hmm. gives me joy being reminded of that Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, just knowing that we will be restored to that garden Mm -hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. So knowing kind of that that's what, you know, scripture tells us in this world, there will be trouble and kind of having experienced what you've experienced and I've experienced and knowing that things in the world will go wrong. Um, we can, um, things can rob us of joy. So, um, we can't escape. We can't run from the things that rob us of joy, but, um, sometimes just calling them out as joy stealers and, um, working to fight even those things can be a helpful tool too. Um, how would you encourage people as they, you know, as they find things that are robbing them of joy or they're not finding joy? Um, how would you encourage them to, um, to continue to, to press on in this fight, even if they're not experiencing joy, um, even through the fight? Well, one of the things that I saw for me, I just have to have reminders Mm -hmm. all over the place Mm -hmm. because, Again, I don't know that I, I want to be careful to use the word depression because I know it's a clinical term and we can throw that out, but I can be prone to downness. That's mm-hmm. not a word, but mm-hmm. just getting down or being robbed of joy. And so one of the things I saw you do after the death of your son is to put little cards of scripture. Mm-hmm. You would pick me up to go to Walmart and mm-hmm. that your car would be covered in that scripture. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I have to have that too, is just reminders everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of 
call out those things and recognize they're coming and mm-hmm. put up scripture all over the place. Or if mm-hmm. my kids start fighting, that's one of the things that really gets me down yeah. is just yeah. conflict in my house mm-hmm. really bothers me. Mm-hmm. And so I'll have, I keep out books all over the place mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. reminders like that, just so that in the midst of that, I can actually look over and see mm-hmm. pictures of scripture or um, pieces of scripture out for me. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Well, um, you know, our friendship was like, we've been saying building before Jackson died, but like you mentioned, I mean, after he died, um, we started spending more time together too. And you were one of the people that, um, that I got closer to after his death, which I don't take for granted because a lot of friendships do change after grief. Um, but one thing that really helped was your realness. I mean, you definitely shared biblical truth with me. You shared great, um, resources with me. Um, you helped me to stay grounded, but it wasn't in a Christianese kind of way. Um, it wasn't in a happy clappy Christian kind of way. So how, how did you learn to do that? Number one, was it through your sufferings that you've experienced? Um, did you have examples of that, of people speaking in a real loving, kind, but still grounded way? Or, um, how do you think we can do that more as believers with one another? Because I, I just feel like in the, in the months and the years after Jackson died, I kind of pulled away from the people that had too much of, of, um, speech and, and thoughts and, um, and, you know, comments that were too much in a box and too, um, pretty, I guess. (laughs) And, you know, with you, um, I just felt like there was a realness that, helped me in such a a huge, uh, way. And so I guess my two questions are, how did you learn to do that? And how can we do that more for each other as believers? I'm trying to think like how I learned to do that, but I crave honesty like Mm -hmm. that. I crave it in our politics today. I crave it in our churches Mm -hmm. today. I crave it Mm -hmm. in friendships. Mm -hmm. I just, it's very difficult. I mean, obviously we're all liars in our hearts, so I'm Mm -hmm. not saying you know, this is a self-righteousness, but I just want openness and realness. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it may have been just when I had children for the first time, Mm -hmm. I thought that was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. (laughs) I know many people love little babies, but that Mm -hmm. was hard for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. just the diapers, them pooping up their bags, the Mm -hmm. night, the beds, Mm -hmm. like it's just, it was difficult for me, the crying. And so I feel like just those difficulties, the daily difficulties of life that kind of wear you down, mm-hmm. um, made me recognize life is just messy and we can't mm-hmm. pretend that it's beautiful. There are beautiful times in life, so I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. be Debbie Downer mm-hmm. on all of that, but, um, that it's just messy and we need to mm-hmm. feel people's pain mm-hmm. and sitting or lying next to that woman in the hospital, sweet mm-hmm. Wanda, mm-hmm. who now has no legs and arms. I mean, she has a diaper now, you know, like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's gross Mm -hmm. and it's real and Mm -hmm. it's life. And also maybe just seeing like my next door neighbor growing up, having to feed and Mm -hmm. take his wife to the bathroom who had Alzheimer's. Yeah. I just had an opportunity, Mm -hmm. maybe it's a gift. And you and I share a Mm -hmm. love for an author, Mm -hmm. Horatius Bonar, Mm -hmm. who talks about the gifts of suffering in Mm -hmm. allowing us to realize that this world is not Mm -hmm. our home and that other people are in these same places and we need to share and be honest. Mm -hmm. And, um, I love that. I've always been saying it's realness, but I think honesty, I mean, that's a, it's just being honest about how, about this world. So I love that. And 
um, because you had, you know, the category of this world being broken and, um, you know, you were one of the people I was able to run to, um, in the midst of our grief. And, um, you were one of the, the first calls that I made from the emergency room that night that Jackson died and you didn't have your phone on that night, but as soon as the sun was up that next day, I will never forget you and Ben just being on the front porch and just ready to sit at our feet in grief and that that's literally what you did. Um, so much of that first day is such a blur to me, but I'll never forget, um, you sitting on the floor of our living room with your arms just wrapped around my legs, weeping and praying with me and Ben in the kitchen with Eric. And we just knew immediately that you guys were in and that you were ready to dive into our grief and you weren't going anywhere and you weren't scared of us and you were, um, willing to sit in our sadness with us. Um, so if you could just take a couple of minutes to just share with our listeners a little bit about what it's been like from your perspective. Um, for me, your friendship has been a humongous blessing, a great encouragement. You've helped me to fight for joy. You've um, been a companion to a very sad friend <laughs> and sat with me um, and just watched me cry and process and say raw things that maybe weren't always exactly right, um, but you've been patient what has it been like on your side um, of the things, just um, walking this closely with grieving parents and a grieving friend? Well, one thing is just, it's what Christ calls us to do. And um, even though I love to do that with you, it's also, we must do that with you. You are my sister in Christ. You are, a, we're a member of the same church, my friend, all these things. I'm going to be in eternity with you. And so therefore it is my duty to fall down with you before our Lord and to weep with you and to carry, I mean, the Bible tells us to carry one another's burdens. And so it's a duty and it's a great joy and mm -hmm. we want to do that. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, that's scary in a way because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. I had never had a child die. Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly mm -hmm. what you were feeling. I couldn't be that perfect um, companion in that, but I wanted to because I wanted mm -hmm. to follow Christ in um, sharing in your burdens, and it hasn't been difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure some days it has been, but you've been a trooper. And um, yeah, I'm just so grateful um, for the ways that you've you've walked with me. And let's just talk about some of the, you know, so we've talked kind of big scale, like just big and deep ways to fight for joy. But like on a normal Monday afternoon like today, um, let's try to brainstorm just a couple practical ways that um, we can see fighting for joy playing out in our day-to-day -day life. And one of the things I think about is gratefulness. And you and I talk about that a lot, um, being grateful. Um, how does gratefulness and being thankful play into your uh, daily normal um, fight for joy on any given afternoon? <laughs> really every minute. Mm -hmm. And again, mm -hmm. to go back to duty and God's word, he tells us to give thanks in all things for this is mm -hmm. God's will for us. I find that incredibly, I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Give thanks? That's what I'm supposed to do. But every single thing. And that is really. Like right now the sun just came out. <laughs> thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jody, that I have a hard time with these gray Nebraska I know, winters. I know. The sun's out for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, gratefulness is one. The other one you've really helped me with is um, keeping a, a good perspective and staying um, in touch with what's going on around the world. That's been another tool that's really helped me to fight for joy in my own life and in my own story is being reminded of the suffering all around the world. Um, 
So what are some resources if somebody wants uh, to kind of be a little bit more up to date with the world news or um, knowing what other believers around the world are going through? Okay, you should not have given me a time for that. So now it will take up the rest of the time. (laughs) But I don't want to use it as guilt motivation because I can definitely fall into that. And if my kids are complaining or having a hard day or Mm -hmm. somebody hasn't been nice to them and I'll start in, they'll be, Mom, not the North Koreans again. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a very, very... Mm -hmm. um, tender heart for what's going on in North Korea, especially. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank you for sharing in some pain with me, reading the book, Mm -hmm. Every Falling Star, Mm -hmm. um, about a North Korean who escaped. But I could not handle that book on my own. And so could you just read it with me? Mm -hmm. But I'm grateful for that. And that shows just your willingness to come alongside. But I think it's so important for us to know all the sufferings. And again, the Bible tells us to share in the sufferings and pray for the persecuted as we were in chains Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. So we are supposed to carry them in prayer. And it is important. And not that we know about these things just so, oh, my life's not so bad. They have it way worse than I do. But in a way that is true. I mean, we can have a lot of pain, but I'm now grateful for my shower even more each day Mm -hmm. for my toilet and Mm -hmm. toilet paper. I mean, they have nothing in so many places of the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for us to know the little gifts that God gives us each day. And for some reason, he's not giving, it may come a time that we don't have food, Mm -hmm. that we don't have showers. Mm -hmm. And so in that case, we'll have to be grateful for that as well. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's just constant. Again, I need all these reminders Mm -hmm. and I need to pray for them and Mm -hmm. share with them. Yeah. And one day I hope to meet them and that they'll know that we carried them mm-hmm. as they suffered. Yeah. So. And you're good at sending me reminders too, just, um, from Ligonier, um, ministries and different things that maybe you'll read, um, or a good book. I think that that's a really practical way that we as, um, sisters in Christ can help each other as well is, um, when we're encouraged by something, passing it all along for somebody else to gain encouragement, or when we read something that's helpful, Um, to pass that along and to continue to build community that way too, Mm -hmm. because then you're thinking about the same things. And like you said, reading the same things. And um, so we're growing together. I think that that's been a really helpful part of our friendship as well is just reminding each other through many different ways, um, the truths that we need to cling to. Um, And I think that can build friendship so much as if mm -hmm. you're Mm-hmm. Again, reading the same things. I appreciate all the emails that you send me from Gospel mm-hmm. Coalition and mm-hmm. from different um, sermons that you've read or listened mm-hmm. to. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's wonderful to share those things yeah. together. Yeah. Well, um, I've got a, just a couple questions that we'll kind of wrap up with this going quickly. I'm not going to keep you too much longer, but um, um, so we've been talking about the overarching and kind of serious fight for joy in this broken world, but what are a couple simple joys that you're loving right now? And it can be anything from your new vacuum, which I love, I know you love, to love the a spinach smoothie, which I also know you love, or whatever. So what are just a couple simple things that bring you joy right now? Okay, so one of the things that you and I do not share in common is a love for animals. <laughs> That's no. all right. We can... I, I like dogs, but um, you like many other things. Okay, yes, But continue. my simple joy in life right now is the new gecko. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's because um, having a little boy, our mm-hmm. surprise in life, mm-hmm. we have two older daughters and then a little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, even though my daughters aren't that girly, this little boy is 
Mr. Nature, mm-hmm. Bear Grylls, or whoever that guy is on. <laughs> I mean, he is Nature mm-hmm. Boy. So mm-hmm. he's bringing me snakes, spiders, everything. And um, it's very important for me to support our little small town and new businesses. And there's a new business that has reptiles. Mm-hmm. So we needed to. It's called the Lily Pad. Yes. So we needed mm-hmm. to bring a gecko into our home. And I don't know why I enjoy this so much, but just holding I don't that. <laughs> <laughs> holding that little piece of creation that mm-hmm. God made with those mm-hmm. fascinating eyes and little holes for ears in the side of its head and round little pads for its feet mm-hmm. and watching it not just run away from you, but be, feel safe in your hands, lick the food off of your feet. <laughs> that is one of my joys. I'm sorry, but I just had to. Great. No, that's good. I love it. Um, so what are you, so you mentioned the lily pad and kind of supporting local businesses. Um, the second question I have is just what have you learned about loving this place um, and just finding joy and contentment wherever God has you? Because you and I do joke a lot about the quirks of Nebraska compared to where you grew up in the South or um, you always talk about how there's no bugs in California. <laughs> and um, But you have, you've seriously, you've embraced the Nebraska life and you work hard to love it here. Why is that important to you and how, what are some practical ways you do that? Well, I think, again, just being grateful for where we are. God has put us where we are, therefore we have to love it. Not that you can't ever make changes in your life or Mm -hmm. things like that, but wherever you are, you're called to be there. And that's why, even though I need constant reminders, I name my kids after people who have Mm -hmm. been like that. So Elizabeth and Corey Tim Boom Mm -hmm. were two women that hid um, Jews during the, in their house during the Holocaust, and they were put into a concentration camp when they were found out. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Corey says to Elizabeth, I will never, she, Elizabeth was always telling Corey, we have to be grateful. Even in this, we have to see God's sovereign will in this. And they had horrible lice in their barracks. And she said, Elizabeth, I will never be grateful for these lice ever. You can't tell me to be grateful to God for these lice. And later they found out that one of the reasons that the guards didn't come in and rape them, like they raped the other women's barracks was because of they knew that there were mm-hmm. lice in there. So just all those kinds of things of mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. we must be grateful for where we are. So one, it's God's calling for me to be grateful for Fremont, but then he gives me so many, mm-hmm. I talk a lot about duty here, <laughs> <laughs> but he gives me wonderful. There's so many wonderful people here who are trying to love and serve mm-hmm. this town. And this is a changing community, a changing population. And yet people mm-hmm. are saying, well, it's going to change. What are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And how are we going to include people? And how are we going to serve people? And um, I'm grateful for our church downtown mm-hmm. that brings in anybody and everybody. And I just noticed another place across the street called the Lighthouse, which I think is going to serve mm-hmm. prison minister. Prison minister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's exciting to see that. Then there's a coffee shop coming, you know, that's next door to our church that serves so many people thinking about job training and Mm -hmm. being entrepreneurs and so we just have to invest in our communities Mm -hmm. and um yeah and finding what they do well what mm -hmm. the community is doing well and investing yeah I love that um well lastly you're a big reader and um talking about books has been another way that you and I have really bonded and grown in our friendship and there's a lot of times I'll read a book and I'll I'll think oh Melissa will love this book and um it's been fun to to talk through so many books over our years of friendship um is there a couple of book titles that you would like to recommend now or something you're reading currently that you would um, like to share? Sure. Um, one is uh, David Gibson, and it's called Living Life Backwards. 
And basically, so not to get my glass half empty away going, but it's thinking about life in light of death. We are going Mm -hmm. to die. And I do think of death a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. When I was in college, um, I went to the University of Alabama, and it was um, a very sorority, fraternity-oriented place, a lot of wealthy people there, and I didn't come from that background, and so I would constantly comparing myself and worried oh do I not have the right car do I not have the right clothes and God is good to me like he put me in a place that was next to a cemetery so every day I would have to walk by the cemetery Mm. to go to Mm. class and and it was like okay that's where I'm going I'm concerned about my clothes this is ridiculous Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's like the gift of being aware that we're gonna die Mm -hmm. and so don't get caught up in the little things and so David Gibson does the book from Ecclesiastes, um, Mm. All is Vanity. And that's not meaningless, but it's passing. Everything in this life is passing. Mm. Therefore, invest in what is eternal. That doesn't mean we don't invest in the good of our Mm. community because community builds people up and Mm. all those things. But don't worry about the things Mm. that are passing. Yeah, it's kind of a both and. Mm -hmm. Like Be always thinking about what's coming and where we're headed and what matters for eternity and be fruitful and um and invest in where you are now and the people that you are with now right and I have to give always a plug to Nancy Guthrie because mm-hmm. I feel like she gives such wonderful teaching mm-hmm. to us as ladies and to men but um one is better than Eden and that is just talking about how mm-hmm. even though we messed up the garden what is to come in the city that is to mm-hmm. come will be even better than Eden. And so that is so encouraging to read her works and for every mother praying through the Bible for your kids. Um, yes, because that is just a wonderful resource. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. Sure. And I'm just really grateful for the ways that God has connected us and um, the ways that we have been so like-minded and, just thank you for loving me well. And um, that's one of the things that I appreciate about you is you love me well, but you love um, everyone around you well. You love people well. And um, I'm just grateful that you've been one of the people that I could talk to about hard things. And yet you always point me to our eternal hope and to truths that really can sustain and comfort. So thanks for being a light in this dark world. Well, I do love you and hope this can be used for good. Me too. Many dear people's lives. Yeah. Thanks for being a part of it. Sure. Thank you so much for listening today. I would love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening by finding my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also reach me at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me these past few years in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you.